Miss Caswell that might be successful to help her to get to that place where she could have things corrected. Or, Lord, that you just move that spine yes. in its place. But, Lord, all the kids, but Kent and Chantel, we just lift them up. And, Lord, we're thanking you. We prayed last week. We're just believing for other workers to come. Yes, God. So that it wouldn't be such a strain for them. Uh, overnights type thing, Lord. We're just in agreement for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're just so thankful for all those that lead in worship. We have some such good teams in your team. I know some of your teams gone this weekend, but we're so thankful for you. And I think at least most of you probably know Kent is an elder in the church here as well. But uh, we're so thankful for him and Chantel, and I just want to say for all the worship teams that we have. Hallelujah. Godspeed God to you as you go there. God's protection. And uh, also, Mark and Sue, come up here a minute. Peter, I think we'll need one of those mics there. I, I want to go around this way. We just want to hear a report about the little one. There's another new babe in town. Town the cities. There you go. Grandpa and Grandma. Hello. Yes, we are praising the Lord uh, this morning. And since last Monday, we had a new baby, grandbaby boy down in Minneapolis, Eric and Lindsay's first boy. I will not last. <laughs> but yes, he was uh, diagnosed with uh, spinal bifida here uh, in August, I think. And it's been a lot of ups and downs, back and forth to the hospital. But you know what? God is so faithful. Yeah. Yes. He took that baby in his almighty strong arms, yeah. and the blood of Jesus is yeah. ever sufficient to heal yes. and to restore. And there's just been breakthrough after breakthrough, better than they thought, better than they thought, better than they thought. That's been the story this fall. Until he was born by a C-section on Monday. Beautiful little kid. Man. Mm. Looks like his daddy. <laughs> and so we're just happy about that. There's some things that they're watching yet. But uh, he had a spot on his spine that they sewed up. And they said everything looked good in there. So we're just praising the Lord and know that that little man boy has a destiny in front of him that he will fulfill. He's going to bring joy to many people. Amen. That's Amen. what I think. That's and right. Sue knows all the, the details about this and that, but there's only one detail. 
that we really Amen. need to know is that our Father God cares for those little ones. And he's not willing that any should perish. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when they got the diagnosis, they asked the parents, you know what, uh, a lot of people, they were just trying to give them what they thought was good counsel, have an abortion. 68% of those that are diagnosed with spinal bifida just say, oh yeah, well, let's try again, let's start over. Not so with Jude Christian Van Tassel. Uh -huh. Not so. We're going with this. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay said, put in big red letters on my charts, we will not get an abortion. Mm -hmm. So here he is. He's with us now, bright and beautiful, and eating and growing. And uh, it'll be probably another week or so before they can come home. But hallelujah, we have a faithful father. Amen. Yeah, the doctor said he'll probably be home by Christmas. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. He also said that's one of the most successful reconstruction surgeries I've seen in a long time. Mm. And so we just know there was, you know, they, they had said they were scheduled originally to do a surgery like midterm, and then something came up and they said, no, we're not touching him right now. And we prayed for mercy for that. Because at that point, they would take him out of the womb, do some stitching, put him back in the womb, and he was really, you know, tiny at that point. And uh, God put us a hold on that. Yeah. And here he's born this little chubby thing. He's, held, you know, ready <laughs> to just have his thing. And they'd wondered why he was still moving the way he was. And there was a little bubble over that. They saw a little bubble when they were able to, that was protecting his nerve endings. And they said, all the nerve roots are alive and well under there. So, praise God. Thank you. We're so happy for you and for them and yeah. for Thanks. Jude. And Thank you for the prayers. They're very grateful. They yeah. knew Thank you. people had their, their yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand and greet each other here. And Joan, if you could come up. and. Did you change your mind? You aren't going to have the children stay for the story then. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to.
Test one, two, okay. We can fellowship again after, after the service, okay. So, um, Joan has a few things here to share. We've been talking in generalities about some projects next spring, but she has some more specifics and, um, you know, I actually had the thought, I'm just going to share this to Mark is the one that made this manger scene, or how do you say it, crash? But, you know, out of, out of the woods came these parts of trees and then, of course, the wood, but there's the manger scene and just so thankful. And he also made the cross over there. And Mark and Sue, you know, we have lots of, I would say, very talented people in the congregation and you can see, you know, it's a, such a blessing and we're so thankful for it, how it is manifest in our midst. And uh, I mentioned the banners that Sue had made those. But then also I want to thank Joan for her part. She's, it's a different part. She's gifted that way too, I know she is. But uh, financial uh, area, she really helps so much with that. And her, her daughter Anna, her and Dave's daughter, is our actually our bookkeeper for the for the church, and so. But anyway, don't just good at a lot of this this kind of stuff. So you <laughs> you figured that out. And, okay. Yeah. Um, just one update: our um, right, the small size refrigerator in the kitchen went on the fritz. Um, had been doing it for a while and we replaced the outlet hoping it was the outlet that was bad but um, it, it would break or the breaker would go and the refrigerator would or the freezer would thaw out when we weren't here <laughs> so we purchased a new refrigerator um, be coming tomorrow um, so um, but yeah we're looking at um, the outside um, of our facility here, and it needs some updates. <laughs> um, the siding on the old, um, <clears throat> the old part uh, needs to be redone. The parts under the windows are rotting out, and um, so next summer we would like to um, <clears throat> replace that and. Um, install siding to match the rest of the, the building so it all looks um, the same. We're going to remove the old planters out in front of the old, um, the really old church, <laughs> um, and um, put stone to match what's out front here, and, um, and then some just on the front of the old part there, um, the stone along the same as the same as I can't talk without my hands, <laughs> but the same as out front here, about two feet up, two and a half feet. I can't remember how much it is, but just so it it all looks the same. Um, and then um, one other thing that we wanted to do, we actually wanted to do it when we 
built the building, but we were kind of scaring ourselves in the dollar amounts, and so we, Al just said, let's wrap it in metal, but uh, the post out front and the beams were going to wrap in, uh, in wood, so it looks like it's supposed to. Um, and I think, I think that's what we had um, kind of gone over, don't you remember, Joyce? Yeah. So um, all of that we're going to budget for about $20,000. So we do have a building fund yet, so you can be sewing into that um, when you feel led. Um, and then also, do you want me to go to the sign? And something that's been on Pastor Steve's heart for 20 years. <laughs> Probably. A long time. <laughs> um, anyway, has been um, an electronic sign. So <clears throat> we can post out on there, um, you know, when we're having something special, um, just a scripture or a blessing or whatever. Um, and so we've um, looked at different sizes and prices, and so we kind of picked a middle-of-the-road one, and it's, it's about 15000 um, for that. So um, about 35000 is what we'd be looking for for next summer to complete these, these projects. And um, just... So you know when um, the, <clears throat> I don't know if you, any of you have come in the evening and you, the cross has not been lit out there. When I had the, the sign repainted this fall, um, he walked over and looked at it and he called me and said, um, the neon on that is not in very good shape and it's really a fire hazard I'd really like to have you shut it off. So <laughs> I immediately came down to shut it off, um, then told him to get a quote um, to replace that because um, we had done that in memory of my grandma, fellows, oldie fellows. I'm just curious, how many would remember grandma? There would be one, two, three, yeah, just a few. Um, but, um, so I called him, you know, all month ago or whatever, and said, how are you coming on that? Um, we'd like to get that done. And he said, I've got it ordered, and when it comes in, I'm going to be donating that um, to the church. So that's Ross Lewis sign in Bemidji. And so um, when it comes, we'll send him a <laughs> great big thank you, because that's not an inexpensive <laughs> Thing there. And so, that's the same one that we got the quote for the electronic sign. Right, that's sign the same one we got too. the quote for the electronic sign also. Okay. So. All right. And I think I mentioned this before that we are not going to go into debt to do those things as a church. I think you would agree with that. And, uh, uh, but I believe that that can happen do you i mean we've seen seen him his hand on so many things and so lord we just thank you for that and we believe for that uh just a 
couple of things along that line, really. And we can put the picture this, of this card up there. Uh, you know, we continue to give, you know, we give a tithe, 10%. Uh, you can tell the kids, be just a couple of minutes yet, kids, okay? Um, but there was a man at the uh, Good Samaritan Center in, in Black Duck that was needing new tires on his wheelchair. And uh, he got in contact with us, and he had been trying, I guess, a lot of places and couldn't get any help. But then we helped him get the tires, and we did it pretty promptly, pretty quickly. And he, he sent us this, this card, and then on the inside he says, to Steve Pomp and the Ten Strike Community Church, happy holidays, may God bless us all. Thank you for your prayers. I met a lot of you years ago in wheelchair. I appreciate all your prayers. Thanks, and Steve, Dean Patro, Mark Ventassel, I have new tires on my wheelchair. I tried, tried every way I was refused. Thank you, Ron Peterson. And actually, Mark and Dean are the ones that got the actual tires on there. So that's... <clears throat> Just, just thought that you'd like, like to know about some of this stuff. And, and here's another card we got. Uh, this is from the Erskine. It's a new church in Erskine. It's a church plant. It's a church plant from Country Faith in, in Clearbrook. And um, it's a True Bridge church. But uh, they, they sent this card to us. We had sent them a $1,000 gift for their church. And uh, then you can show the inside part there, too. And here's the letter from their pastor, Jim Bender. He says, Dear Tent Strike Community Church, on behalf of myself and all the members of Thriving Life Church, that's the name of it, we would like to thank you for your generous gift to our building project. Currently, we have the roof sheeted and approximately a quarter inch, a quarter of the roofing on, but we got the freezing rain which shut us down until it melts off. Your gift will most likely help us in the purchase of windows as that will be the next after the roof is complete. Please find the enclosed card expressing some of the members' appreciation. Once again, thank you for being such a blessing, Pastor Jim. So, hallelujah. And, and then just a couple other things. There is a fellowship meal. After the service today, prepared by Adana Maria, um, there will be no pre-service activities the next two Sundays, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, and there will not be regular activities the next two Wednesdays either, but there will be caroling this Wednesday, December 20, and if you're interested, contact Susan Rock, and that was sent out, the information for that too. So, and then just one final thing, and our children are going to be coming in just a moment here to share something with us, but uh, can you hear them? <laughs> They're anxious to get, I know I'm going as fast as... Uh, the children's ministry, we're giving each child a hands-on Bible, New Living Translation. They're 12, 27 apiece, and... You add it up for all the kids, it's $389.80. So 
So if you'd like to help toward that also, you can just mark it on an envelope and uh, put it in the box in the back. And Lord, we thank you that we can give our tithes and offerings and we give them unto you. Amen? It's unto the Lord, all our giving in that way. So, Jesus, thank you. We'll let the kids come in. Hello? Good morning, everyone. So we have all of the children here going to do a special presentation for you this morning. We're going to start out with a poem, and Joy is going to lead us. What Can I Give Him by Christina Rossetti. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I will give him my heart. So the elementary are going to stay and listen to the story. And all the preschool kids, they can be released to go down to their class. Thank you so much, kids. That was great. Peter and Linnea, we'll have you come on up here. There. 
We have a story this time of year, each year. Last year, it was a wind chill warning on this morning, so we moved a, a Christmas carol back to January 8th from this particular Sunday of the month. This week, we're going to be sharing with you Papa Pano's special Christmas. And Peter, did you have just a little bit to say about that before we? Sure. <laughs> um, so this story is kind of, uh, it's a little known story, sort of. Uh, uh, the story uh, begins with the line of that this town, this Russian town that it takes place in is tucked away in the past of Christmas far away. Uh, and I kind of like to think that the story itself is kind of like that. It's sort of tucked away in Christmas stories past um, in the mists of it. You don't really know where it came from or how it really came to be exactly, but here we sort of have it, and we're going to give it to you this morning. Uh, as far as I know, it comes from uh, some sort of French, a French folktale of some kind, uh, which was uh, then translated into English by uh, a man named Leo Tol Tolstoy, who you may know as the, the writer of... Uh, War and Peace, and also uh, Anna Karenina. Um, uh, he's a famous novelist of the 19th century, but if you look him up, you won't see this on his registry of things that he wrote. It's sort of a, a little-known thing that he, he did on the side, and sort of interesting in that way, I guess. But, mm -hmm. yeah. And this actually, the, one, the rendering we're doing here this morning is, is from Tolstoy but also Corey Tenboom, but then also Peter <laughs> composed some things that are in here. So this is sort the first continuing the tradition of reforming it and making it. What so we what? Want it to be, so, so what you hear this morning is actually the first time it's ever been heard. Papa Panov's special Christmas, tucked away in the mists of Christmas miracles past. In the farthest corner of Russia, in an antique time now fondly remembered, there once was a quiet little village of little repute. From the hilltops about the city, one could hear the ancient tolling of church bells, calling Christmas service. Excited children still blushing from playing in the new fallen snow scurried indoors leaving the narrow streets empty but for the muffled sounds of chatter and laughter. If you were extra quiet this night, you might even hear faint choruses of carols rippling warmly over the winter wastes. Now in the midst of this merry scene, in a worn and dilapidated shop, there stands a solitary figure, his shadow cast into the eve by a flickering little stove atop of which can be seen a meager stew boiling. Old Papa Panoff, the village shoemaker, had glanced outside his shop to take one last look around. The sounds of happiness, the bright lights, and the faint but delicious smells of Christmas cooking reminded him of past Christmas times when his wife had still been alive and his own children little. His wife had died 20 years ago. His son, a sailor, had gone to sea and never returned. As for his daughter, he never speaks of her. If anybody asks him what has become of her, 
a shadow passes over his face. It is said she married a wealthy man in a city far away, that the trappings and finery of gentler company had long since caused her to forget her father and his humble lodgings. His usual cheerful face with the little daughter, laughter and wrinkles behind the round steel spectacles looked sad now. But he, with firm step, put up the shutters and set a pot of coffee to heat on the charcoal stove. Then with a sigh, he settled in his big armchair. Papa Panoff did not often read, but tonight he pulled down the big old family Bible and slowly tracing the lines with one forefinger, he read again the Christmas story found in the Gospel of Luke. <clears throat> and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, who being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because, well, there was no room for them in the inn. No room? No room for him? Oh dear, oh dear. If only they had come here, well, well I would have given them my bed. And I would have covered the baby with my patchwork quilt to keep him warm, I would. Oh, if only tonight were the night that the Savior had come to earth. If only, well, he revealed himself as he did formerly. Oh, what would I not give him? Well, but look, my walls are bare, and my purse is but empty, and I have so little to my name. What has this poor cobbler to offer a king? The wise men brought gold, and, and they brought perfumes, but I don't think that I have any gifts to give. He contemplated sadly. Then his face brightened. He put down the Bible, got up, and stretched his long arms to the shelf high up in his little room. He took down a small, dusty box and opened it. Inside was a perfect pair of tiny leather shoes. Papa Panoff smiled with satisfaction. Ah, yes, these, my masterpieces, yes. Yes, I, I should give him these. He was feeling tired now, and sitting back upon the chair, he tried to find his place on the page. The print began to dance before his eyes so that he closed them, just for a minute. In no time at all, Papa Panoff was fast asleep. And as he slept, he dreamed. He dreamed that someone was in his room, and he knew at once, as one does in dreams, who the person was. It was Jesus. His gentle voice enveloped him like a summer breeze, and Papa Panoff imagined he could smell distant sweet spices. You have been wishing to see that you could see me, Papa Panov. Well, then look for me tomorrow. 
It will be Christmas Day, and I will visit you. But look carefully, for I shall not tell you who I am. When at last Papa Panoff awoke, the bells were ringing out, and a thin light was filtering through the shutters. Well, it's my soul. It's, it's Christmas Day. And Jesus, he's promised to pass my house. Oh, well, well, perhaps, perhaps it was a dream. Oh, oh, but no matter, no matter. I will wait and I will watch for him today. Surely I will recognize him. Have I not seen his portrait in, in every church I've been to? Well, perhaps, perhaps he will be a babe as he was when he first came. Or, or maybe a strong, a strong car, a carpenter. Or even, oh, even maybe he'll come as a, as a great king, the savior. God's glorious son. Papa Penoff put on a special pot of coffee for his Christmas breakfast, took down the shutters, and looked out the window. The street was deserted. No one was stirring yet. No one except the road sweeper. He looked miserable, stamping his frost-covered boots, blowing on his hands, then vainly scraping his broom over the street, leaving it little changed for all his efforts. Whoever wanted to work on Christmas Day and on such a bitter morning? Papa Panoff opened the shop door. Stepping into the cold air, he shouted across the street cheerily, My good sweep! Oh, this biting chill is far too great for you to work thus without warmth in your belly, and on a feast day no less. Oh, come in. Come in and have some hot coffee to keep out the cold. The sweeper looked up, scarcely able to believe his ears. He was only too glad to put down his room and come into the warm room. His old clothes steamed gently in the heat of the stove, and he clasped both red hands around comforting warm mug as he drank. Papa Panoff watched him with satisfaction. But every now and then, his eyes strayed to the window. It would never do to miss his special visitor. After several of these nervous, furtive glances, the sweep finally inquired. You expecting someone? I, I am expecting my master. Oh, your master? So, so you work at the factory then? Well, I am speaking of another master. One who could arrive at any minute, and perhaps, perhaps you have heard his name. Uh, it is Jesus. Oh, I've heard of him mentioned in passing. Uh, the church folk talk of him an old awful lot. Oh, but I, I've never known him, nor have I found his address in town neither. <laughs> Papa Panoff took his eyes from the street for a moment, and then picked up the old Bible from its place by the armchair, keeping careful to gather the pages that had come loose over time so that they wouldn't fall out of place. He read aloud the story of the baby boy who grew to be the savior of mankind. At its end, he pressed the book into the spellbound, sweeps chapped and dirty hands. The sweep thanked him, finished his coffee, and as he left, he paused by the door. Oh, I, I do hope he comes. You've given me a, a bit of hope on this, of Christmas cheer that I never expected to have. 
And I can assure you, you have not wasted your time this morning, sir. And I'd, I'd say you deserve to have your dream come true. When he had gone, Papa Panoff put on cabbage soup for dinner and then went to the door again. He saw no one. No, but there was someone there, hidden in the shadows and the snow that had begun to fall. A girl was walking so slowly and quietly, hugging the walls of shops and houses. She looked very tired, and she was carrying something. As she drew nearer, he could see that it was a baby, wrapped in a thin shawl, shivering. She paused, looking about uncertainly. As she turned to go back the way that she had come, he caught the flash of tears shimmering on her pale face. He called out, stepping into the street warmly. Oh, oh, won't you come in? You both look in need of a seat by my fire and a rest. The young mother let him shepherd her indoors into the comfort of the armchair. She gave a big sigh of relief. I'll warm some milk for the baby. I, oh, I've had children of my own. I can feed her for you. Now go ahead and rest. Rest yourself. Rest. He took the milk from the stove and carefully fed the baby from a spoon, warming her tiny feet by the stove at the same time. Why? She needs a, a pair of shoes. Her, her feet are bare. I, I can't afford shoes. I have no husband to bring home money. I've been traveling all day from the next village. My sister lives here, but I could not find her house, and no one has been able to direct me. I would not be so worried, but I believe my child is growing ill. She has coughed so feebly these past hours. But look, she's sleeping now. The warm milk has surely done her some good. Say, what are you watching for so intently? Ah. I am expecting my master. Do you know the Lord Jesus? Certainly. Well, I I'm waiting for him, the very same. And he told me that he would pass by here today. And I do not want to miss it. Pass by here? Oh, mercy. Now you truly have made this poor girl stay. Indeed, if only such things could be true. But I am afraid that dreams are too high up for people like you and me to reach. Well, sir, I thank you for your hospitality and the cheer that you've given me. But we really must be off before it's completely dark. As she took her sleeping child and made for the door, a sudden thought flashed through Papa Panov's mind. He remembered the little shoes he had looked at last night. But he had been longing and keeping those for Jesus. He looked again at the cold little feet and made up his mind. He took down the little box and with the lid ajar, he offered it wordlessly. The little shoes seemed to glow in the dim evening light. The girl looked at the shoes, then at Papa Panoff, but didn't move or say a word. Try, try these on her. Uh, I think they should be just the right size. The beautiful little shoes were indeed a perfect fit. The girl smiled bewildered and the baby gurgled with pleasure, nestled against her mother's shoulder. He then placed an old shawl 
around her. And as they stepped into the dusk, he pointed the direction of where he believed her sister lived. She started, and then she turned back to say, I'm not sure I believe you will find what you're looking for, sir, but I do believe that if anyone deserved to meet Christ, it must be you. Merry Christmas. And it was quiet once again. But Papa Panoff was now beginning to wonder if his very special Christmas wish would come true. Perhaps he had missed the visitor. He looked anxiously up and down the street. People were now passing by, but he recognized them all. Some were neighbors going to call on their families. They nodded and smiled and wished him a pleasant evening. Others were but beggars, the local vagabonds making their daily rounds. Papa Panoff sighed. He returned indoors to fetch them hot soup and as much bread as he could spare, as he often did. This was his custom. They gathered around patiently, taking their portions and showing him their threadbare boots. He saw many toes poking through the ragged linens. After they had eaten, he returned with his small repair kit and attended to their sodden feet. As he worked, they smiled and patted his back and even sang him some small snatches of hymns. But Papa Panoff would only nod distractedly and search the street sadly whenever he had the chance. All too soon, the winter stars were twinkling overhead, and when Papa Panoff next went to the door and strained his eyes, he could no longer make out the passers-by. Most were home and indoors by now anyway. He walked slowly back into his room at last. He put up the shutters and sat down wearily in his armchair. <sighs> So, it was only a dream after all. Jesus did not come to see me today. Then, all at once, he knew that he was no longer alone in the room, and the hairs on his neck began to stand on end. This was not a dream, for he was wide awake. At first he seemed to see before his eyes folding waves of supernatural light, like an old song he once knew, but so real it stirred the very air. From amidst this splendor, he saw again the old road sweeper, the young mother and her baby, and the beggars he had fed. They smiled knowingly at him, but said not a word. Shivering and trembling, he called out, bewildered, who, who are you? Then another voice answered him. It was the voice from his dream, the voice of Jesus. <laughs> I was hungry, and you fed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was cold, and you warmed me. Look, my son. Don't you see me here? Inasmuch as you have done 
to the least of these you have done it unto me. Then as quickly as it had happened, the lights and figures vanished, and all was still. Only the sound of the big clock ticking. A great peace and happiness seemed to fill the room, overflowing Papa Panov's heart until he wanted to burst out singing and laughing and dancing with joy. All he said afterward was, with contentment. <laughs> so, he, he did come, after all. That's the story. <laughs> Let's just look to the Lord and just, Lord, we, we thank you for this story. We know that you taught so often, Lord Jesus, in parables and stories. And here's a story that we, we know actually was birthed by your Spirit. And Lord, in this Christmas season, we pray, we pray that we may take this and live it and allow you, your life, your love, and your supply that you've given to us to flow out through us in those rivers of life, those rivers of living water to those who are around us. Knowing that in, in as much as we've done it unto the least of these, that we're doing it unto you. And so we just give you thanks in this season of the year, most precious season of the year, Lord, that we might Allow your love to flow and go to those around us and that we might ourselves be just nestled in your arms, your arms of love, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also just pray over the meal that's going to be partaken by us, Lord, here, and thank you for the fellowship that will ensue as well. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone in agreement said, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all on his peace and his love and his grace on each one. Amen. Merry Christmas. If the kids could go downstairs, there's a very special gift for you downstairs that your teacher has for you. So, God bless you. That's the elementary kids.